Blog Talk Radio. This is the Change Book Radio Show, global insight and inspiration for life and business. We're brought to you by the fastest growing personal development book series in the world titled The Change. And I'm your host and voice, Stacey Carnaluni, transformational leader and coach, international best-selling author, and founder of High Powered Success Academy and StacyC.com, The Power to Be. Welcome to The Change. Hello, friends. It is Wake Up Wednesday on the Change Book Radio Show. So excited to have you with us today. We have got an incredible world changer with us today, Shannon Graham. He's a thought and transformational leader who has been creating world-class results for his clients for over 15 years. So I'm very, very excited to have him on the show today. He's a highly devoted coach, the founder of the Legacy Program, a keynote speaker and author of the book, Expand, Leadership That Moves, Fulfills, and Inspires the World. Shannon helps visionary leaders change the world by doing the impossible. So get ready for an awesome show. Welcome, Shannon Graham. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. You are welcome. We are here talking about doing the impossible today. That's kind of Shannon's um, specialty. It's a topic that absolutely fires me up because I believe, as Shannon does, that we're here at such a time as this to bring things to planet Earth that do not currently exists. So that's what we're talking about today. But before we get into that, I want to start at the beginning because she has a really, of course, an inspiring story. So let's start at the beginning in New York City, Shannon, um, that part about being homeless and depressed and all. Take it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, um, I'm originally from Vermont. And uh, I moved to New York City when I was in my very early 20s. And, um, you know, through uh, kind of a series of, of things, I, I uh, found myself homeless at one point. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was deep. It was, uh, it was a dark time. I was, I was depressed and I was um, feeling, feeling like a victim, feeling like life had done some things to me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, basically the essence of that story is that I decided that I was on the planet for a bigger reason than being homeless. And I also uh, accepted the responsibility that the reason that I was there was because of me and not anybody or anything else. And that was a painful pill to swallow, and it was one of the most liberating because it gave me the ability to change things. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think clarity for most people is like oxygen. And uh, especially if you're, if you're a visionary person, if you feel like you, you, you're truly destined to do big things, um, clarity really is, is your, your fuel. It's your oxygen. And so yeah. not only did I take responsibility in that moment, but I asked myself, what is it that I really want to do? And we can get into that question later because it's a, it, that's a funny question. As simple as it is, most people never truly give themselves the opportunity to A, ask that question, or B, mm-hmm. radically, honestly answer that question. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that that we can get into. But uh, essentially, I gave myself permission to ask that question. What is it that I really want? Why am I really mm-hmm. here? 
And I said, well, it's obviously not to be homeless, so there must be a bigger reason than that. I feel like I'm here to do something big. What is it? And I just got this clarity. I got, I got this vision of working with people and helping them do things that had never been done before. And mm-hmm. so I took the initiative and, um, yeah, just came up with a very clear plan on how to uh, begin doing that. And um, within 48 hours, I created my first coaching client. Wow. Um, and that was about 16 years ago. So the rest, as they say, is, uh, is history. Let's go back to that beginning, that very first step of coming out of the victimhood. I feel like that's yeah. the very beginning, right? That that's our greatest enemy is that belief that we're somehow victim to anything on this earth, right? So coming out of that belief and owning every moment, every thought, every bit of this life and understanding that all of it is working with us and for us, right? That was the first big like light bulb that came on for you. How do you help people get to that point or do they come to you already in that state of knowing? Um, a little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. Um, Cause it kind of creeps back. They, yeah. Sorry, it, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a combination of things. Um, most of the people that I work with already know that they're powerful and already have created kind of a beautiful life for themselves. They've already achieved a level of success. So they understand that they are the creator of their world. And, and sometimes there's still just a little bit of a narrative of like things are happening to me. Mm -hmm. And so there's room for a higher level of ownership of the responsibility that a, I'm the creator of my world, but there's also the deepest layer of this Stacey is that uh, comes down to worthiness actually. Mm-hmm. If a person fundamentally doesn't believe they're worthy of a certain level of feeling, a certain level of significance, a certain level of love, a certain level of value, then they then it becomes easy to play the victim role because because being in that role by default keeps you away from the feelings of love, significance, value, worthiness, etc. Yeah. And so this is, it's, it's an interesting topic because we really get into uh, what I call the difference between this, the, uh, the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. People can be very good at uh, success and making money and, and breakthroughs, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're great at feeling worthy uh, or, or feeling like truly masters of their universe. And, mm. um, in my opinion, it's about bridging the gap. Mm. So good. So good. That word fulfillment is so big for me as well. My book, Egypt to Canaan is about that. It's a guide to lasting change and rich fulfillment. Fulfillment is huge and you can make a ton of money, but without a real true meaning, you know, to it all, the it's it's just so empty, right? It's it's just so like like void of substance. So I love I love that the ability to create your first coaching program. So you came to this this knowing that um you you were not victim to the circumstances and that you were going to own it. So how, how did you get that first client? 
Um, you cut out there just a little bit, but I think you said, how did I get that first client? Yes. <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, I, 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 cr- I put an ad on Craigslist. Oh, my goodness. I put an ad on okay. Craigslist. I know. Um, Craigslist back in the day actually was pretty useful. Um, it's still useful to this day, but it's also very like spammy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, back in the day, it was very useful. And I put an ad on Craigslist that basically said, Hey, um, you know, I have this, uh, I have, I have this, this service where I can help you essentially get from where you are in life to where you want to be. Um, okay. yeah, I, I, I would pay really good money to see that ad because I, because I knew nothing about copywriting back then or like, you know, I think it was like one really big run on sentence <laughs> at that point. <laughs> right. But, uh, but it worked. It worked. Yeah. Somebody called me the very next day and, um, you know, we met in person and had a powerful conversation and, uh, they became the first client. And so, Awesome. Um, and, and I think that's powerful for people to understand because the universe loves speed. Mm. And when you get really clear and you get really courageous, uh, results can happen very, very, very fast. People think yeah. in order to, 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 to see results or to see change or to make progress that it has to take time. And in some cases, that's true. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, it's not. Yeah. And um, yeah, so there's there's beauty in that. The whole um, I'm working on that with some of my clients right now. First thought that comes to mind, and and experiencing that instant, like boom, you're stepping right out of this realm and into this timeless. Um, you know, place where time doesn't exist, right? You just fold it all right there, collapse time. And in a moment, um, you get results that would otherwise take you years, you know, but being really tapped in and connected to that, that voice, whatever you want to call that um, is so powerful. So, so powerful. Beautiful. So clarity, um, courage, you said, um, understanding that you're here, for something way bigger than being homeless, right? That you have a radical contribution to make um, in the world and taking action on that takes courage. And you didn't have any support at this time, I'm, I'm assuming, right? It was That's right. you? Yeah. That's, That's right. amazing. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. So your favorite work to do, is it with companies or is it with, um, you know, one coaching or what's your favorite stuff? You also do a like weekends with groups and stuff. Um, yep. What's your, what's your favorite? I, I actually, uh, as of this, as of this moment, I don't do any group stuff. Okay. So all of my work currently is one-on-one, whether I work with larger companies or mid-sized companies or small companies, I'm always working with a, an individual. Mm-hmm. So it's typically the founder. Yeah. It's typically the founder or CEO of that company, regardless of the size. And the reason for that is because the absolute most change and the DNA of a business really uh, can be traced back to the founder and the leader of that business. And so mm-hmm. if you want, if the, if the, if your, uh, 
results are a side effect of your DNA, like your hair color, your eye color, you know, skin, height, all that stuff, all that is, is directly correlated to DNA. So if you think of that as a metaphor for business, then all of that can be traced back to the leader. And so um, if a leader is wanting to create changes, quote unquote, in the business, well, then what are they really saying? I want to create changes within myself. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, all of my work is one-on-one and it all, regardless of the company size always uh, is, is directly with the leader themselves. Awesome. Awesome. You talk yeah. about trust um, becoming, you know, ultimately I think that we are all here for that one, that one purpose, which is to trust. Um, and you talk about that in regards to a company, you know, trust becoming the currency um, of the culture and, and to liberating the team so that they can create powerful results. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, trust that one of the largest challenges that most leaders have is trusting their employees and um you know, leaders kind of back in the day were very tyrannical and they wanted to control everybody and they hired managers to make sure that they were controlling everybody and everybody was under control. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in order to make sure that, quote unquote, a good job was being done. Um, and it was, it was based out, out of fear. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm afraid to relinquish control. Um, and we lived in a different world back then. Like it was, it was very much the industrial age when a lot of the kind of nine to five world was created. And so, you know, there was a certain standard of quality that needed to be met and everything kind of had to work uh, like clockwork. And, and so you had to make sure people were doing things. And uh, we live in a different age now. All the infrastructure is created. We live in, a, in an age of possibility now. Mm-hmm. The jobs of today, like you know, the biggest companies in the world today didn't even exist 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. Many of them didn't even exist 10 years ago. And so innovation is the name of the game today. Mm-hmm. And innovation is only possible if trust is present. If I trust my people to have the liberty to come up with ideas and essentially break things, yeah, then we can create massive growth and, and innovation. And it's just and it's funny because it's no different than parenting. I One was of just the greatest that. things that yeah. Yeah. One of the yeah. greatest things that you can give a child is responsibility. Mm-hmm. Here's your responsibility. Yeah. That's such an amazing gift to give a child. Yeah. When yeah. you give an employee autonomy and, and kind of an entrepreneurial mindset of say, hey, this is just as much your business as it is mine. What do you think? Rather yeah. than here's what you need to do, shut up and do it. Yeah. Very yeah. different, right? So, so And so awesome. it creates a it creates a culture you know, culture is such a kind of a buzzword in the corporate world, and I don't think most people truly understand what it means. 
What it means is a group of people who believe in uh, they believe in the same thing. They believe in a common idea, and they all trust and have equal amounts of responsibility mm. so that radical innovation has the highest probability to spontaneously occur. Awesome. Awesome. So good. So good. It's just... And without trust, none of that's possible. None of that's possible. Yeah. I think about the way that we brought up our three. I have three kind of young... Well, one's still in high school, two are in college. But it was all about that, you know, opening up this... um, responsibility like according to their choices and their you know the results that they're producing in making their own decisions we began to give them more and more liberty and it was just so beautiful to watch them um handle the more and and to see their value and their worth and their confidence and all of you know their ability to trust in their own abilities to create results in their own lives it just um it's beautiful to watch it's beautiful to watch yeah yeah, mm-hmm. truly is. So good. Fear produces rebellion. It's ugly. Ugly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're talking about shattering paradigms. I feel like we're in this age of disruption. Like everything that has always been, it just needs to be done. You know, it's kind of run its course. And now we're off into this brand new um, time. I don't know. Maybe it's, Maybe it's just hitting me square in the face faster. I'm sure it's been in the works for quite a while, but I love it. I love the idea of cultivating entrepreneurial mindsets in employees. I mean, that alone is, is just a, it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Let's talk about, let's talk about expand. I mean, your book expand, um, it's a leadership book. So let's talk a little bit about what's in that book. Sure. The essence of that book is, is, essentially what I'm talking about uh, within kind of culture creation, which is I believe that what we are being called to create in business is uh, significantly different than what we have created in business in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, New challenges and new problems exist, so they require new innovation and new solutions. Um, and therefore, that requires new leadership. And this is fascinating. Um, they did a global study on employees, and employee happiness sits at about 12%. Oh, wow. Globally. And if an employee's happiness is a direct correlation of uh, of the leader's ability to facilitate that, then that says some pretty loud and clear things, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. The next part is there was a global survey done on employees, and they said, what are the number, the top two things that you desire in a job? And their, their biggest assumption was that everyone was going to say money, more money, because it's quite clear that 
you have people like Jeff Bezos, who is a multi, multi billionaire. Uh, and then you have people working for him that get, that barely get paid the, the minimum standard. Mm-hmm. So there's a big disparity there, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's not just true for Amazon. That's true for most businesses around the world. So you would imagine the number one thing that most employees want is more money. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not even the number two thing. It's not even the number three thing. The number one thing that employees around the world want is more acknowledgement. Oh, wow. They just want to be acknowledged. And the number two thing they want is opportunities to grow. And that's not within the company. That's not like, okay, you're a, you know, you work as the janitor and we give you an opportunity to get on the sales floor and then you can go from the sales floor to the manager, to the manager, to the corner office, to the whatever. (laughs) Yeah. To just, to simply grow as an individual. So they want acknowledgement. I just want you to see me. I want you to acknowledge me. And I want opportunities to grow. Those are the two biggest things that employees want around the world. And when leaders, A, understand that, and B, put that at the forefront of their culture, what do you think is going to happen to that global employee happiness number? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to go way up. Sure. And what do you think will happen to global commerce uh, overall when that happens? Of course, yeah. it'll go up. Yeah. If, if, we're, if we're just now creating trillion-dollar companies with 12% employee happiness, imagine if it was 50%. Yeah. I mean, just the, the, the ramifications, the implications of what that means is, is mind-boggling. Yeah. And so that's what the book is about. It's about creating a new culture of leadership, creating really a new standard for leadership. Um, and Steve Jobs is a great example. Most people look at Steve Jobs and they think that he's an icon and he, and he was a great leader. And Anyone who knew him as a person knows will tell you that he was not a he was not good to people. Mm. He he was very visionary, and he was very good at driving his ideas forward. But he was not a good person. He did not treat people well. Um, and we've kind of, as a society, a global society, made that okay. We've kind of been okay with that. Uh, and it's time for that standard to go up. That, that can no longer be okay. You must be a visionary and you must be able to move your vision forward and you must be good to people. That's the new standard yeah. of leadership. Awesome. That's, what, awesome. that's what the book is about. So good. So good. Connection, yeah. intimacy, and all of it. So good. Yep. Mm, I love it. We are strongest when we're happy. <laughs> we're most we're productive. Like. Oh my goodness. And, and just, I think about the ownership of the energy that you carry, you know, whatever room we walk into, um, taking responsibility for that and understanding the connection that we have with one another and the difference we're here to make. So good. So how do you open people up to the impossible? How do you get them to see bigger and to, to believe and, and to step in to that realm of, of impossibilities or, or the realm of collapsing time or, um, believing in things that are just 
so far beyond our own um, well, imagination even. Sure. I've, I've made a good distinction to not convince people that they should do that. Okay. The people that work with me already have a desire to do the impossible. They just, uh, A, don't know how to do it, and B, are not the version of themselves that can pull it off quite yet. Ah, uh, got it, got it. Okay. And so they, they, they have a desire to do the impossible. They're just not totally clear on what it is, and they need to be coached up into the type of person that can do it. Yeah, yeah. It really, truly. And listeners, I just wanted to say again, we're talking with Shannon Graham, who is um, all about helping visionary leaders step in to that realm of the impossible and and to do the things that you have the vision to do. I I remember being at a point where I couldn't dream. Um, I couldn't think of anything that was beyond my own ability to um, accomplish it, you know. And then I was able to break past that in my 30s. I remember stepping into this um, ability to see beyond myself, I guess, is what it was, and to begin to believe that there was some other kind of support or guidance out there that could help me, um, you know, get to that next place that felt so scary. And um, we do. We absolutely need each other. We need coaches. We need mentors. We need, we need support systems to be able to help us walk into that um, that huge vision. And I, mine gets bigger every day, as I'm sure yours does. It's, it's an exciting place to live, for sure. So where, uh, what's, what's lighting you up today? What, what do you got going on? What, what inspiring work are you involved in today? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, um, I have a number of people that I'm working with currently that are involved with a number of really inspiring projects, everything from uh, female empowerment to uh, disrupting and revolutionizing healthcare uh, to biotech and um, artificial intelligence uh, integrated with self-improvement. Oh my God, that's so cool. So every one of your clients, you see people like we partner with one another. We collaborate to be able to make these incredible changes in the world. It's just so very, very cool. All right. So dig into one of those. I remember the transportation one that you did with one of your clients a while back. Um, Uh It's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So dive into one of those. Um, well, unfortunately, I can't share a lot about them um, just because of kind of the nature of the agreement of, of the work. But um, sure. for example, one of the guys that I'm working with is one of the top uh, motivational speakers uh, in the world. And what we are working on is revolutionizing the um, not just speaking, but uh, yeah, we, we'll call it the speaking industry. Um, the, the speaking industry is, is huge. It's a, it's a multi, multi, multi-million dollar industry. Um, and companies pay speakers tons of money you know, to, to speak. And as a speaker, one of, the most, uh, one of the biggest questions that a lot of speakers ask themselves is, how can I give a better talk? They're always thinking about how, to, how they can improve their stage presence. 
And what I'm working on with this uh, one speaker is um, the difference between what I call stage presence and just presence. Mm. Amen. So, for example, um, if you had somebody like um, a really influential person like Mother Teresa, for example, Mm -hmm. if she got on stage, she would not have to talk a lot about what she believed in for you to, to get it. Right? Her essence right. alone. Like, like what, 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 in your opinion, what did Mother Teresa really stand for? If you had to sum it up into one word. Ah, uh, you know, I just think about love. 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 So, yeah. so Mother Teresa could step on stage and she could be so deeply saturated in love that she <laughs> wouldn't even have to say a word. Yeah. And the audience could feel it. Yeah. Right? Right. So the, the, the real transformation in the speaking industry comes from speakers understanding that what they say is actually the smallest part of what people hear. Mm. Right? Because it's not what you say, it's what? How you say it. But it's not even yeah. how you say it. It's who you're <laughs> being when you say yeah. it. Yeah. The more you are being... Whatever right. it is that you're trying to say, the less you have to even speak. Yeah. So yeah. what, and, and this is like, this is like total ascended master level. But what if you could walk out on stage and say nothing and just mm-hmm. move everybody to absolute tears? Absolutely. <laughs> That's my work, the power just, to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's energetic. Yeah. It's, just, it's energetic. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And there are people that have existed throughout time that, that are, that are that powerful. Well, what if that was the standard? Amen. What if that's, what if that's more or less how everybody showed up and it, and it it wasn't about like, Oh, I got to refine my talk or I got to make my slides better. And I got to figure out how to deliver that punchline better. It's no, how do I get saturated into my essence at a Mm -hmm. deeper level? Ah, I just want to eat that. That's it. So that's an example. That's it. That's a great example, Shannon Graham. So awesome. There's just no, um, there's just no more hiding anymore. You know, it's, it's like, we're just not, we're just not buying it anymore. We want, we want the real deal, the authentic, real True essence, the genius. I I differentiate between the gift that a person has and then the genius, which is really truly the the essence, the 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 sure. natural state of the person, like the power that they just they just carry without doing a thing. So um, yeah, yeah, and to make money being in that place, you know, to be able to just move and flow and be you is um what a blessing. That's the way it's supposed to be. Totally, that's yeah. the plan. <laughs> That was the original plan. So cool. Well, and I think you're touching on something really important that we that we can that we can uh, elaborate on, which is most people believe their value is that most people believe the most valuable thing that they can bring to the world or the marketplace has something to do with something that they know. 
rather than something that they are. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can bridge that gap, then not only do you as the person receiving kind of revolutionize your life and your understanding of value, but you also become a beacon for the rest of the world so that when other people are in your presence, they understand that value has nothing to do with what you know or what you can give. It purely has everything to do with simply who you are. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like arguably if a, if a speaker could get on stage and say nothing and move everybody to tears, it would be way more valuable than a speaker that could get up there and give you 15 nuggets on how to, you know, be a better leader like, yeah. yeah, sure, in one, in one case you're quote-unquote getting more, but it's not really the getting that's, that's valuable. It's the receiving. Mm-hmm. And getting people to connect with that ability to just be, because that's where we can connect with that person who's just being, right, is to stop that's the right. busyness and get present ourselves, and that's where the connection is so deep and so powerfully yeah. moving. So good. Totally true. Awesome. 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 So um, where do people connect with you? Should we, we send them to ShannonGram.com? Or ShannonGram.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instagram, uh, AskShannonGram.com. I love that. I yeah. love that. So good. I love what you do. Yeah. I love your messages. Every time I hear you or see you, I just absolutely resonate with all that you're about, all that you are, I see you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And I want to say to the listeners, if you um, are ready to get your voice amplified, if you're ready to connect um, more deeply with the work that you're here to do in the world or just connect more deeply with who you truly are and the power that you already carry in just your presence, um, reach out to me at Stacy at StacyC.com. That's with an E-Y. And um, we can get you going as well. So many people are lonely these days and empty and frustrated. And the answers are right here, you guys. It's just um, just a, an acknowledgement away, you know, just that willingness to be able to see that there is more for you. And there's a great, great, purposeful, meaningful, powerful life to be lived. So I just want to thank you, Shannon Graham, for being with us today. And um, the best to you and all the change that you are creating or collaborating and making happen in the world today. It's just very, very awesome. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And listeners, don't forget to be the change and the magic you're hoping to see in the world today. We will see you next week or hear you next week, connect with you next week on the Change Book Radio Show. Bye for now. Peace out.